What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for things that have been rebooted, adapted, changed into another medium, or basically ideas that have been done and are going to be done again and again and again and again forever. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is my co-host, Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And joining us today is an old friend of mine from college. I'm super excited to have her, Jamie Jarek of comicbook.com. How are you, Jamie? Oh, I'm so good. Um, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm so happy. We haven't <laughs> seen each other in so long. And we're going to have some of the same conversations we had in that screenwriting one class all those years <laughs> ago. <laughs> and we are once again at a week when there are no theaters. COVID-19 is still out there. However, we have been blessed by another chance to see a great television show. If you're on HBO Max, the Harley Quinn show has come out. Now more people can watch it, and they should, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Uh, Jamie, do you want to start us off? What did you think of this show? Oh my god, I love it. So I, um, I have a confession, um, and it's that I didn't really get into Harley Quinn until this year when Birds of Prey came out. Um, that movie changed my life. Uh, I, I saw it four times in theaters. It's, it's easily my favorite DC movie, maybe after Batman and Robin. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, um, but uh, I, I was, loved it so much and I wanted a Harley Quinn kick. And, um, and I saw that the cartoon existed, so I got the DC Universe free trial and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you bring up Batman and Robin with Birds of Prey, because after I watched it, I also was like, I think this is my favorite DCEU movie. It might even compete with Batman 89 or The Dark Knight, which I know a lot of people will be like, well, The Dark Knight, but it's, it's great. These are all great movies for different reasons, but I really felt that Gotham had never looked better than it did in Harley in Birds of Prey, dating back to like Schumacher's Gotham. I was like, I kind of miss when we weren't really afraid to make things look comic booky. Like it's you go fun. It's bright, it's colorful, colorful. quirky. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not here for the broody DC. I know that that's like more true to uh, a lot of the comics, but I I just I, I like I like um but Poison Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Margot Robbie's Birds of Prey are just like the holy trinity to me. Let's just get these women going unhinged, uh being awesome. That's all I want. Yeah, it, it's very much the return to form that I was hoping we'd get with Robert Pattinson's Batman. And they were like, no, no, it's going to be even darker than The Dark Knights. And I was like, <laughs> but why? Let's, why? let's just turn off all the lights. There will be nothing you <laughs> can see here. I want the yellow <laughs> emblem. I want big blue ears. I want gauntlets. And I want to get some comic book villains that aren't just mobsters from a thrown away Scorsese script. Let's yeah. get back to some colorful Gotham. Terrence, you just watched the show. I did. And I was so excited for you to watch it. <laughs> um, Talk to me. I never, I didn't do the DC Universe stuff just because there was the majority of DC at this point in time I was not a fan of. I, I caught most of Titan season one and I did enjoy that, but I was like, this is not enough for me to justify by an entire network so i didn't but the second that thing hit hbo max because everyone was talking about us well, let me burn through this and the opening line of the first episode i was like oh 
white people on a boat talking about my, I'm sold like this this is amazing I'm in let's do this let's let's take me through the gauntlet I watched that within about a 48 hour period I went through the entire entire series both seasons and I loved every moment of it anytime you can do an adult version of DC where you're taking characters that like a lot of people have forgotten about or like in the, un the underbelly of DC that don't really mean that much and give them an entire arc or give them beats I'm all in I have that sick twisted sense of humor but also at the same time give me heart and make me actually sometimes tear up and like start welting a little bit i'm like oh then this this is i'm in i'm i'm sold this is from top to bottom one of my favorite things that i've ever seen dc do within the last like decade and this is including dark knight which i love oh I'm harley quinn dark knight <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh this is this is all audio i my hands were very far apart and <laughs> There's a lot of space there. Batman and Robin eight more times. The Poison Ivy movie with Uma Thurman that we never got, but I like to pretend we have. Yeah, God, we, I'm like we could just talk about that movie. I just oh, yeah. it the other I, I mean, was like this is great. Kind of. I find myself constantly just being like, just out of nowhere, just saying. Like I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, this is a one-woman show. <laughs> there was no reason to do that. I loved all the scenery that Uma Thurman was chewing up in that movie because I was like, I'm here, I'm here for it. This is great. I like what she's doing, and I'm, I, I, I want more of it. It's. I also like. I'm a sucker for action figures, and if you can be like, we made a movie that's incredibly toyetic. I'm like, yep, that's fine. Let's make a full six-inch scale of all of these. I'll buy them. That's also how I felt immediately after Harley Quinn, as I was like, where I got to buy something. And There's so many collectibles just within this series. I want they, that. I want that. Behind crazy paywalls on the DC app. And I, I feel like we will not be able to talk about this show without talking about this DC app that is now slowly eroding into <laughs> HBO Max. Yes. I wrote about that today at work and it's it's like because they um on Facebook the the Harley Quinn and Titans Facebook pages changed their names from DCU's Harley Quinn uh, to just DC's Harley Quinn yeah. and it could be because be because it's now also on HBO Max and they're trying to make it but I don't know <laughs> I think yeah. that, that's very much figuring out you were dumped on Facebook that to me is very much like you go online and you're like what do you mean she had a relationship that has changed yeah and your friends know about it before you do yeah, I mean, like, they've I, already transported Doom Patrol over, Harley Quinn's over there now. I mean, the last one is Titans. I know season three is going to be on both. Um, they might as well just go ahead and put season one and two on there, too. Like, they're basically shutting things down at DC yeah, Universe. The only thing that sucks is that um, I, I don't utilize this feature, I'll be honest, but the fact that DC Universe has the comics. Comics, yeah. Is, it sucks that, that that's what people will be losing. Uh, Television-wise, yeah, HBO Max will have it. It's fine. Right. But that is a bummer. Yeah, it's such a weird model because when it started, I was at the Comic-Con event that announced Harley Quinn and they had their big outside museum and you could see everything and there was the Swamp Thing maze. And at the end of it, the guy was like, would you like to sign up for DC for, you know, whatever it was, $50, $80 for the year. And I very much said, no, because I want to see what this does because I've been fooled before <laughs> whenever there's a new app and I think I'm going to turn it on and have everything and I don't. 
I still don't have HBO Max because I can't get it on the Roku, and I refuse to watch TV on my computer. The only reason I got it because they just added the PS4 app. Like a re- oh. like a week ago, PS4 wasn't a part of their thing, and they just did an update for it. And it's still a wonky, like it's not 100%. So It moves very slow, but yeah. it plays Harley Quinn. That's all I need. <laughs> Which I loved. I also discovered it in quarantine. We had a friend staying with us due to some housing issues, and he had the DC app. And was like, you got to watch it. And I said, I want to wait for HBO because we have to all watch it. So we get season three, but we burned through it in two days. And I cannot remember the last time I had to pause a show to go back because I kept missing jokes, laughing too hard. And the way it's so amazing to me, because I feel like what keeps happening in the DCEU and a lot of things DC tries to do is they just miss the point of some of these characters. We're going to make Superman big and brooding and put on this Christopher Nolan can of paint that we had left over from the Dark Knight trilogy, and it's going to be very sad. And then Joss Whedon's going to make it too comedic, and then we're just not going to figure it out until Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Birds of Prey. And then you have a show that does not care about its continuity. It doesn't care about being part of this universe, but these characters feel so much more real and so much more fulfilled when you even just start off the show with Harley's urgency to be like noticed and seen beyond this relationship and work her way up in this super villain world. It's so weird that I'm like, how did they, they nailed it so well here? Yeah. I was no one else doing this, but also, I, I was. The, do like the relationships and like the way that, Harley's arc in terms of growing and and um and just can, uh, can we talk about spoilers? Are we trying to let's do it full on okay. spoilers? You've cool. been warned. Awesome. <laughs> this is it. This is the um, so as a queer woman myself, um, seeing a, a queer relationship like that develop, um, but also it, it, it they did it in such a good way that like you believe that in the first season that they're just friends and that they've never really thought about it before um and it was it never felt forced it was such um Harley grew into the person that that would be able to have this relationship and and you don't get to see that kind of growth especially with queer characters it felt very organic I Mm -hmm. do like that the first season they they spent the entire first season basically she had to grow and get out of the situation that was the Joker like that was that was what that season was about I'm like okay we'll establish this relationship with them but we won't force this relationship because that's not where her brain she's not mentally stable to do that part yet she needs to fix herself with Doc with with Mr J first then the second episode we I mean the second season we start working on that I love because one of my favorite characters ever Blake we you know how much I love him. Is, is, is Mr. Freeze. Is, I love him to death. And the fact that his episode was sort of the impetus that started her awakening to like, oh my God, this man sacrificed himself for, for his wife. I've never loved someone like that. Oh, I, I got think, you. I, yeah, I think I might. <laughs> I think I might love someone like that. I just don't know how to tell that person. And then my I, my heart broke and then just seeing the episodes and they're smart some of these episodes ended with no sound like they would just drop the sound out there would be no sound as they close off the episode you just sit there in sadness you're like oh my god Harley, I, it I really was. i hope this happens for you it's when when poison ivy says um something along the lines of like i trust you with my life but i don't trust you with my heart oh nine yeah, yeah. The same way I just read Heroes in Crisis, the DC book, 
which has a lot of Ivy and Harley in it. And I'm now reading it in their voices the same way that I've heard Kevin Conroy for Batman and Mark Hamill for the Joker. And it, Ivy especially, watching her, because you bring up the queer relationship, which I want to talk about just so much, which is challenging for me to do because I'm a straight white man. So all I can do is be like, it was great. <laughs> I've never experienced this. Uh, but seeing it done so organically, even watching representation happen that isn't your representation is super important. And when it happens this way and it feels so natural and organic, but the relationship they get it is so supportive. A small part of me was like, I'm so jealous of what these two women have. I, <laughs> I've never had a relationship where I'm just dating my best friend. This is, look how much they care about each other. But the way they kind of like, there was no big coming out sequence. We didn't have to deal with any like old chasing Amy tropes of seeing it through the eyes of like Ben Affleck or seeing, oh, well, you know, one of us has come out, but the other one hasn't told our parents and it's mm -hmm. all going to be fine. They're accepting her this. It just was. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. felt like kind of what we, we, I say, I assume it is what the goal is to get to, that all of these things just feel natural and organic and watching her try to kind of show Ivy who she is the same way that Ivy showed her who she was in season one was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this is, it's funny because the series did a, it paid more attention to Doc, Doc uh, to uh, Kite Man trying to show his parents that he was like, uh, uh, I could be dating someone who they would approve of. That was the bigger thing that like, I need you to show this and approve to you where the actual queer relationship, they're like, this is, this is normal. This is what we're going to kind of point to. And I like that because it's, it's showing that you can be, we can treat all of this as normal, but like sometimes this means more to someone than, than the queer relationship is just a, an afterthought. Like, yeah, they're just a normal, that's a normal relationship, just like everybody the hell else. Yeah. I, I dug that. Uh, speak, speaking of Kite Man, I'm curious, my friend really wants Kite Man to be gay. <laughs> and um, he, he's like, he, he was like, Kite Man has a really gay energy. I was like, I can see that completely. And I don't think that they would take it in that direction. Um, just because it, it that would be like an, I think maybe overkill, <laughs> but, many, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I do really like thinking of him that way <laughs> um, because I mean just the costume alone. It's very uh, homo. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's I could see them doing a storyline where he's at least like faking being gay to try to make them jealous and be like, "See, I did the same thing you did. I did what you guys." <laughs> Gold did. and I are queer together now. <laughs> that Ivy. <laughs> Yeah. I could see them doing this weird, like, jealousy arc, and I would be here for it. I, I think we all love Kite Man. Like, we don't he, want him with Ivy, but we still love watching you him. You went from a character that I was like, oh, this is just an afterthought, the Joe character, to like, oh, my God, he might, he is amazing. And I want him to be in every episode in some yeah. way or another. I want him to be around. Well, that was one of the most impressive parts of the show, was that all of the bit characters, Bane, Kite Man, Dr. Psycho even had all of these moments where they made them three-dimensional characters. Nobody ever really was just a shtick. Yeah. Everyone got this like, well, these are my parents and it's really hard because I'm kite mad and I kind of suck, but like I'm doing my best. Yeah. Or you have all like this struggle with Bane to be accepted in the Legion of Doom. They don't really ever just make like, him like, Bane. 
he really makes he makes me laugh more than maybe anybody on the show. Yeah. I also loved how the story gave us that like for Harley, Pamela was the coolest person in the in the room. Like she was super cool. But then when Catwoman shows up on scene, Pamela drops down a tear and she's not nearly as cool as, as Selena is. And that's fantastic. Mm. Do you think, should I get a cop squad tattoo? <laughs> 100%. I, I, yeah, I'm all about it. <laughs> that whole sequence, man, it, it's so funny how they've adapted these characters. I feel like Harley, maybe more than any other comic book character, this might be my new, like, nah, she's grown the most out of anyone. It's what I, I, I used to say about Spider-Man, where I was like, you know, with Spider-Man, he's the only character that dates the Marvel continuity. He's 16, mm-hmm. and then he, he ages. Everybody else is this weird static age. Harley is kind of that mark for the new 52 and everything else now. She's one of the only ones that started in a relationship as a sidekick, and then we saw her get out of that, and then we saw her learn her identity and her sexuality, and through the Suicide Squad and Rebirth and arrive at Ivy and watching that adaptation here, because I don't know when everybody else, well, Jamie just said it was with Birds of Prey, but I remember watching like the old Batman animated series and just being like, what a fun sidekick to the Joker. She's silly and she's That's, got big hats on. Oh, she and- was, yeah. It's it's funny that you say this because I agree completely. And my biggest worry, I am so concerned. And I, I, I mean, I like James Gunn. I'm literally wearing a Guardian shirt. I'm worried that he's not going to carry over her character development from Birds of Prey. Um, I'm I am too. very concerned because that's all I care about. I do not care about a single other thing about that movie. I could care less. Yeah, um, I, I hated uh, the other one, but I, I'm with you. Like I left Birds of Prey. I was like, cool, but wait, now we're giving this character to a different director do they not are they not going to take her or handle her the same way as a female director did understanding where we need to have this character to as much as i like james gunn and he is very uh inclusive he's still a a white male yeah at the end of the day and Um, i i also feel like um you know birds of prey left off with her taking cassandra kane under her wing and i have a feeling they're not even going to mention her it's going to get dropped off and and that makes me like viscerally angry. <laughs> there were a lot of things after that movie where I was like, "Well, now what are we gonna? We got we're gonna go backwards now." Yeah. <laughs> and and I even Suicide Squad could be the best movie ever made, and if they digress Harley, I will never watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, they now have to be. I don't want to say careful, but they do have. They have to be careful because I don't really want to. It would be. <laughs> It would be one thing if we had it in the way we have like the Harley Quinn show where you could just, you could give me a 20 minute Suicide Squad episode where we're not really dealing with her character development. They're going to go on a mission. We're going to do some jokes. We're going to leave. And then in the next episode, we're back to the character development that I want. This is a giant tentpole movie and I don't know what happens after that. Yeah, so it so, could be the last time we see her on yeah. screen. Um, for a while anyway you don't want to mess up the trajectory that we've had with her from the crap fest that Suicide Squad was to what we got with Birds of Prey yeah it's it, they do so many great things with that character and then every now and then they'll just be like what if we dressed her up in almost nothing and just had her run around to be an action star and you're like well that's not what I want yeah <laughs> I can get yeah. that from like old hip hop music videos. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need it here. Uh, 
so then we now see Gotham from this new perspective in the show. I loved that because you never really, when it's Batman, everyone's evil, everyone's seedy, everyone's bad, everyone wants to destroy it. And we're really seeing these weird undertones that we never do. The bars where they're getting their people, the fake talent agency where we're picking up people. We get into like branding of the Legion of Doom and how they handle their <laughs> villainy. Did you guys, how did you feel about this new angle on this? You know, it's really a character in it, like New York and sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's, I have, my whole DC background is the 90, 89s movies. Um, I, I don't like the Nolan movies. It's just not my style. I, I think Dark Knight is obviously a good film. It's just not my type of film. And um, so it's hard for me to answer that because it's, it's, um, it's not an area I know super well, but I, but I think just as from a television, just general television perspective, it is really impressive the way that they, like you said, bring the whole city to life. And, and just the little details, like the, Jim Gordon squirting mayonnaise into his whiskey is the funniest and most disgusting thing and I've gross. ever seen in my life. And it's just the details like that, that, um, that make this show what it is. Yeah, uh, I'm a DC fan specifically. I mean, I'm Batman and Green Lantern are, are like my bee's knees. I can I can go with those from from top to bottom. And I love Batman Begins and Dark Knight. We spoke at nauseum about how I feel about Dark Knight Rises. Blake, we know how I don't particularly care about that film. But <laughs> <Not> very good. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I I love that this world does a great job of creating Gotham and giving it color and light and giving it levels like not all the bad guys are created equal some are higher up than others but it also does a great job of taking the piss a lot of things that are are just we we hold so dear and hold up to this high standard that like when you really think about it are very silly and you're like oh yeah that's true that is kind of that is kind of ridiculous and we talked about it before we got on mic the, the, just the whole joker concept of like when he finds out who Batman is he's like I didn't want to know that like I still wanted to play this back and forth game and I love that I was like yes that's who Joker is you still get the concept of what Joker wants to do and his in and out but you get it in a cartoon form and I and I, I laughed hysterically at that yeah they I, answered, oh sorry Jamie go on um I was just gonna say I love um I love regular Joe Joker that's what I call him um uh I think that it's it because even Joker got to grow a little. Like, at the end of season two, oh even God, he was, like, trying to have this relationship work. They had, like, a BFF friend, like, with him and Harley, and I was like, and he was like, I want you to go love. Like, I want you to have what, I, what I'm doing over here. So, yes, please. And, it, and even his joke off when she, she's being beat up by Ivy, who's taken over, he's like, yeah, we've, we, had some violent, we had some violent matches, too, when we were in love. I was like, that's his version of what he sees. Like, I want her to still have that. I was like, oh, that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, Joker does grow in this. More than I think he's ever done in any of film stuff we've seen. No, well, we usually keep these characters, specifically Batman and Joker, very static. And I think it's because they're supposed to represent things, order and chaos and the line, and da 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 We get it. <laughs> and I think one of the things I really liked about this show was how it it took all of that stuff seriously. So you still had these things of, well, you know, the Joker loves Batman. He might be in love with Batman. I think he's definitely in yeah, love. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
He doesn't want to know his identity. He just wants to play this game. It's not about beating Batman. It's about like all of that was baked into the DNA of this show. And I like my Gotham somewhere in between Schumacher and Burden's way of doing it. I love Batman Begins in the Dark Knight, and I'm from Chicago. Making Gotham just Chicago to me was like, yep, nope, it's Chicago. Cool. <laughs> I want some Frankenstein sets. I want Freeze to have his weird ice place. I want yeah. Ivy to have an overgrown apartment. I want the comic book colorfulness in it. You can still make a dark story that with big, heavy themes and have it in there. If anything, this show shows you that you can juggle a ton of important themes and ideas and have fun and be colorful. I don't know why we somewhere decided that like Batman needs to be diluted of all color in life. It has to be very serious. And it's like, well, th that man's frozen and he shoots ice beams and right. that's a living bat that flies this around and attacks him. just ass riddles he, all the time. He adopts <laughs> children and makes them fight crime. It's kind of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so it, it's nice having a show that can both take its source material seriously and also kind of kick it in the ass a little bit and be like, no, we're going to play with some of the themes. We're even going to play with like the toxicity of some of the fandom and we're going to show you that reflection. Like, yeah. this is how you look when you're streaming it with your last Jedi shirt. Oh, God, that was, that was, was so perfect. good. And they, they almost, uh, I, I believe they almost took those out. Um, uh, I, I think the showrunners thought they were going to be made to take them out and they were surprised they got to stay. My thing about that scene is I think that the two guys shirts should be switched because the, the release, the Snyder guy shirt guy is worse. And I think TLJ people are way worse than Snyder cut people. I'm uh, a fan of the last, Je uh, of the last Jedi, but I hate to say anything about that film because I think the fans on either side of that are just so just viscerally upset. I mean, I have a giant Last Jedi tattoo, <laughs> and uh, yes. uh, and I um, the people I just don't understand like the hate for that. It's fine if you don't like it, but the the const I tweeted like a positive thing about it um recently, and it got like a hundred and fifty responses in thirty minutes. Yeah. I didn't even read them because you know a lot of people who just actively just hate on that film. And I, Blake and I went to see uh the the last one in theaters together and when they just sideline rose and the way that she did it i was just like yeah fuck everybody. i'm i'm glad <laughs> terrence was there with me during that premiere because when they were like ray you're related to palpatine i audibly at a full theater with children <laughs> was like what the fuck <laughs> Come I, on. I didn't hate Tross, and that's only because I, I just love Star Wars more than anything in this world, and it's and I'm like easy. Um, but the Palpatine thing and the Rose thing are the two that uh, Rose, uh, the Rose sidelining especially. But Palpatine, it was just like Ryan Johnson did such a good. It was so the the year nobody thing was really it was powerful, fantastic. Yeah, and I loved having Palpatine back. I, I loved that, but it didn't. He didn't need to be related to her. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, we could talk about that all day. Yes. And I might. Sidetrack. So I want to then talk about, because we all like this world, we all like this show. Uh, do you guys have a standout character, or was there a character you were a fan of that they've changed a bit in this show? And do you like that change? I'll start with Terrence, because I know his favorite villain is Freeze. 
I and if we're Reese. getting into the spoilers, they took that character and they 180'd it. I love Freeze so much. And I love how, like, the very beginning, because the thing with Freeze has always been, he is a villain, but he doesn't really fit into the criminal world that they have immediately. And the first joke that they have with him is he's sitting there and they're like, uh you're a part of the criminal mastermind. He's like, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a criminal. I, I'm only here to redo, uh, fund doing research for Nora. And I said, well, how do you fund that? And he's like, oh, I, uh, I'm part of the criminal mastermind. Like, I was <laughs> like, that's fantastic. Cause literally he is, when you think about it at the end of the day, yes, at the very bare bones, he is right there with them. He's my favorite character because he, he, he deals a lot with sympathy and empathy for, for he's doing it for his wife. And I love how that becomes the, the, the precipice of why this whole relationship thing happens in the second act of the uh, second season. Uh, but they really do take the piss out of Dr. Free, of Mr. Freeze, 100%. Are you excited it. to see a living Mrs. Nora. Freeze, though? Yeah, I love Nora being around. I love, I absolutely love that Rachel Dratch is the voice because I can just, yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is fantastic. Like, I love her. I love her trying to get it on with Aries anytime. She's like, look, my guy is gone. I've been in ice this whole time. I'm banging anything that moves. Let me, let me get Aries. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Um, for for that question, I so like I said, I I am admittedly I didn't really read DC, so um, so m most of my references are the movies. But I will say, um, I have a lot of friends that um, you know, especially my job, I work for comicbook.com, so it's a little embarrassing to be like I don't read DC comics when that's literally part of my job. But um, uh, I know my friends love what they did have done with Clayface, and that's partially like I grew up I'm a theater kid at heart and a lot of my friends are theater kids and uh and <laughs> watching Clayface just be like that's his whole thing is he's just trying to do theater super theater on and, all the time oh uh, like that's that is um I think the best thing that they that they did in terms of <laughs> with a character yeah, it's it's so funny that they did that because we did before Joker came out a whole like other villains we'd want to see in these solo movies. And my up, yeah. big one was give me Clayface as the failed actor. <laughs> and when they did this show, I was like, son of a bitch. They did it, they did it better than I ever could have imagined. Yeah. Uh for me it, it really was Gordon. This oh. like character that we always see as like serious and on top of it, and he's the best, and he's part of an organization that's corrupt and watching him go through completely falling <laughs> to the point where he's in his daughter's dorm room it's an arrested development episode <laughs> like taking back his entire police station and having this relationship with an arm and him trying so hard to be Batman's friend and like reach <laughs> out and be like Batman my wife is cheating on me it's an emergency and, and Batman, Batman not caring at all. I don't care. Not I do not care. That's not what we're here for, Gilbert. <laughs> I thought what they did with him, because again, it, it's not really like, it's not character suicide of somebody that we know. They're not ruining this character. They're taking all of the things that we love about him and making it to me almost more real. You yes. now have a detective who's so tired and he's trying so hard and his only friend is a is a superhero who does not want to talk to him who does though because he's that's that man's background is him and jim on his computer yeah um i have i mean there's a bunch of characters that i just i would not have paid attention to frank uh pamela's uh pet flower yeah. is 
is amazing. There are so many things that he says that I'm like, oh, that, that's exactly how I would say them in verbatim. I was like, JB Smooth kills that. And I was like, yes, I want you to do, I want you to be voiced as the sidekick of everybody. Just like the little shoulder uh, conscience that's always there. Like he's great. And we've talked about it before. Wanda Sykes' run as is, oh. um, is just stupid. Like it's stunning how great that that character is with the fables and all that. I, I, I was like, I want more of that. Fortunately, the character's gone, but like she kills it when she's on when she's on on screen. Oh, no one's ever really gone. That's true. <laughs> no one's. These are comic book rules. It doesn't. We burned down the whole city and had a Hot Wheels roller coaster ride for her highway. Yeah, <laughs> we could do whatever we want. Do you guys have a favorite episode of the show that just stood out to you? Uh, I mean, the. The kit, the first kiss was like a big one. Um, because I, I, the, the episode's great. <laughs> the George Lopez cameo is so great. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on right now? I'm Harley Quinn and I kiss people, it's what I do. It, it was just so satisfying. Like, like, um, she Harley was about to sacrifice herself for, for Poison Ivy selfless, selflessly and Poison Ivy wouldn't let it happen and she grabbed her and, and, and the adrenaline and like the, the fact that they kiss each other and then when they pull apart and the shock on her face because it was just it was it was completely like it was like visceral it had nothing they never thought about it and, and I love that it just felt it was so satisfying to see to see that happen and, and have it happen that way so it's probably the kiss for me it's funny because i obviously as a freeze fan i would i would my natural instincts to go to that one but i actually think it's the themiscura episode when oh. they go for the bachelorette party that's good i think that episode is phenomenal and mm. from just the, the the consistent visual joke of the invisible playing and dan that just birds just keep dying into <laughs> which is great and then just the Denim Scurra being now a, a, a resort that people are paying for, just to the emotional stuff that is going on with Harley and, and, and Pamela, and you're sitting there and like, oh my God, they, they, they get drunk and they just, they, they get into their, their actual inner desires and they realize that like, oh crap, we probably shouldn't have done this. Meanwhile, Selena's like, I, I know what you guys, you guys are in love with each other. I don't care. I don't want to be a part of any of this, but that's what's happening here. And then just to end with her just sitting on the plane bawling when she goes back to Kite Man, I was like, oh my God, this episode has everything that gets me as a person, the highs, lows, relationship, love. This, that is to me the perfect episode that, for this, this series. Yeah, it's so counterproductive of me to say, but my favorite comedies have the most serious moments. Oh yeah. Your, your Scrubs, your BoJack yeah. Horsemen, some of the best Simpson episodes are the serious ones. This show, to me, hit all of that. Agreed. But that being said, I think my favorite, I don't know if it's my favorite episode, but my favorite bit is what 100% with Dr. Psycho just calls Wonder Woman the C word. <laughs> I had to <laughs> pause. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I like looked at my friend because this whole show I, I cannot explain in an audio format my giddiness when I first watched this whole show and I just kept looking at my friend who had seen it be like is Superman gonna show up is Wonder Woman gonna show up are they gonna do all of these things and I just want to see what they do with it and like as soon as I asked that he pointed at the screen and Wonder Woman showed up and we just called her the C word <laughs> and I was like this is amazing because it's so funny 
you're taking one of the most important female superheroes of all time and doing this and then you're doing something with it and you're really being like look we can't have that kind of speech even the legion of doom won't accept this and these are problematic men and this is how they act and they need to accept and understand who they are and we did it with dr psycho who's already like small and pointless and no one really likes him but he thinks he's the greatest thing in the world and i was like this is exactly how all of these twitter people are who do this they've really nailed it it's it's funny that i i like that you that you picked that because i really like that he kind of became the big bad of season two um because there there's just really no redeeming him I mean, like, you know, I, my favorite trope is when a bad boy tries to be good. I mean, give me your Jamie Lannisters all day, but like, but like Dr. Psycho is, there's, you're not coming back from that. And ever, and he never got better. He never, um, he never tried to grow. And I'm glad that they didn't try to force him to be on the team because Harley's growing. And she even says at the end of season two, she's like, I don't think I'm a villain anymore. Um, So I'm glad that they let, Dr. Psycho just go full bad because what else are you going to do? And I just love that they even still they called out him using that word because even Darkseid was like, no, you <laughs> called Wonder Woman that very vulgar term. That's not acceptable. <laughs> I don't think anything will be better than Lex Luthor standing in front of a camera saying this is not our brand of evil. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept laying it on. They like imply that he says something to Black Manta and you're like, this guy is just the worst but people like this exist and it, yeah. it it gave the show that like weird tangible quality of like look how extreme and hilarious this is but also it's very real especially in this community but like yeah. even the worst of the worst don't want to do it <laughs> and yeah no having him be the big awful bad guy of season two i thought was just the 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 most logical place to go because there was no fixing him it bummed me out that he was working with the riddler because i love the riddler and i was like he's better than this <laughs> i also love jim rash and, and jim rash voice in the riddler is my i I'm, I'm i'm on a big community kick right now i'm watching it for the second time in quarantine it's a great show. and and i just and i just like get comfort hearing his voice Oh, he's a, he has a very comforting voice. It's amazing how many people they pulled out. Uh, Buster Bluth for Dr. Psycho and the Dean of Community for the Riddler to play these villains. And they're almost invisible in the show. Like, you recognize everybody's voice, but they're all doing it so well. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, man, they're really challenging my, like, they're, these are very good actors. And Tudyk is <sighs> destroying it as the Joker. Like, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is phenomenal. You're doing a great job. Like, how many voiceover things he does. And he, it really, it is like his bread and butter these days. Yeah. And I just love watching all of the people from Big Bang Theory leave that show and do these incredible things. You have. Yeah, and I love that Kaylee is EP on this, too. I was like, that's fucking awesome. Watching Hollywood this year, I was like, man, these guys were really good. And now they've got all that Big Bang money. (laughs) Yeah. There's no stopping them. Yeah. I think that brings us, I want to talk about the app a little bit. Do we think that having it on all access maybe hurt it a little bit in the beginning? Was it too inaccessible or was it, is it not a great idea to put an R-rated thing on an app? What do we think? 
I don't know if the R rated. Mm, it's because uh, Titans also is super violent. Like that's a very hyper violent show. Uh, Robin's taking out kneecaps consistently throughout that show. Um, so I don't know if the violence is, but I do think that like there's a new window open. Like I don't think people actually have the DC universe. There are parts of the country that did not have access to the DC universe. Like they Titans was given to Netflix in other parts of the country just because that's the way that the DC universe app worked. I just don't think people knew it. Like I personally feel that, especially seeing how people are responding to it now that they're seeing it on HBO Max, I feel like Harley Quinn would have already had a season three greenlit had it been in, on HBO Max from the jump. I think DC Universe was so small that people weren't actively being able to see this. People just didn't know this fucking this show existed. Um, but I think now that's changing. Um, and I, I think that's for the better because I think HBO Max just reaches more people. DC Universe, part of it is probably also because of branding. DCU had sort of lost a lot of steam with people with back to back to back to back cinematic failures. That I don't just think I think the DC brand as a whole was kind of starting to get tarnished. I don't think putting rolling out a whole new streaming device was the timing wise the best thing to do. And then you launching with shows that didn't really move the needle that much. Although I think if you saw Harley Quinn, it would have. I just don't think you you're not going to launch a, a, a network with what I, they started with. I literally never heard of Harley Quinn until I was actively searching for Harley Quinn content and I literally worked for comicbook.com and I had never <laughs> heard of the show. Um, and so I, I I had no interest in DC Universe. There's no, the, um, I, I actually, Doom Patrol is my next show I'm, I'm going to watch after Umbrella Academy. I'm with you. That's my set and yeah. the next one to watch. Um, yeah. I just want to see Brendan Fraser play a robot. That's, that's like my <laughs> Um, but, um, so I was like, oh, seven day trial. And then I watched the whole first season in, in a day. And then I got lucky for season two. Then I'm like, oh, this is now my beat at work. I'm writing about this now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, then, take this one. Yeah, so then I got screeners. So I don't need DC Universe anymore. Cause that's the one thing I need it for. So yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a little too niche. Yeah. I think, and I think now that it's on HBO Max, if people can find it and they can get the word out, I just want a season three so bad. <laughs> bad. And um, so um, Patrick Schumacher, the showrunner, he's gonna, he's part of DC Fandom, the the upcoming um, virtual con. But I saw him on Twitter literally yesterday say, because somebody got excited, you're gonna be there, that means confirmation in season three. And he was like, I'm gonna be honest, we haven't gotten picked up yet. So my hopes of, of a of a season three announcement at DC Dome has has plummeted, um, yeah. and it's like it can't be that expensive to make that show. Well, it you can't think be. Right I would now. imagine, and I would imagine now in this world, you would want to do animation more. Yeah. So like, look, we can get this done without having to have these people around each other. This makes just more sense to just do well, this. And this was the closest we got. I saw a tweet today from a, a friend of mine and a friend of the show, uh, Haley Mancini, who was she was basically like why is adult animation just comedy? Whereas like my fun animated romance or drama or something else that I was like, this is about as close as we've gotten, mm -hmm. but it's still a super high and violent R-rated comedy, but they've boiled in this relationship that I'm now just so invested in. Yeah, They did a good enough job, I thought, with that ending of having them write off and question mm -hmm. it, but I'm like, if this is the end. At least we're satisfied. Yeah, it's, it's, a, good, it's a, a good satisfying ending. ending. I do love the question mark. It's like, hey, if they give us another chance, we can come back up and do something else with it. But I do love that, like, this does feel like it could be an end 
for this version. I just don't, I don't, I want to hear Kate Haley. I want to see her do this more often. Like, I don't want this to stop being the Harley that I, I get uh, in yeah. animated form. Is there anything you want to see from season three? If we do it. I mean, obviously my answer is let's, I, I want to see their relationship develop because the, the showrunners have said if they get a season three, they're, they're not going to break them up. Which they're, is the huge thing that yeah. TV shows do. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Um, and people have trouble sometimes um, making a relationship work once they, you know, it's like the Jim and Pam effect. Right. Um, and, but, but it's frustrating because like people in the real life have relationships and you don't, you don't like, that's just what happens in reality. <laughs> um, and so, um, and especially um, like queer, like right now, actually we, we have really great queer women representation on Winona Earp um, with um, that. It's one of the best relationships on TV and, and we get to, that's a really good arc. So we're getting more of them, but I mean, animated wise, no, I can't. Right. I mean, well, I maybe Steven Universe, but that's different too. I, that, but um, um, but yeah, I'd like to see how they navigate their relationship. Um, that's yes, that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't want them to tear them apart. Like the showrunner has, like I looked at the same. Like they they're actively saying that that's not going to happen. So I think it would be cool while within the entire world of the DC world and doing all these ins and outs that we still just have them go through the the pitfalls of establishing a solid relationship because that shit alone is fun like you could just like go through the 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 normalcies or the everydayness of what relationships go through like shopping or taking off like all of that but put that in the harley quinn pamela version of that and i think you could have an entire like another season of that that would just be fun to watch because so many shows do fall into that trap of making and i mean this in a hundred different ways actually they make relationships very binary it's either good and we're together or it's hard and we're not. So it would be fun to watch a non-binary relationship go through then things of like, oh, well, it's hard, but we're mixing it and we're now learning if we're, are we villains or are we heroes? What are we really doing? What are our priorities? We've now dealt with her individual identity and her sexuality. So now it really is like, that's the next big, like, am I a hero or a villain or something in between? What I really want, and it's such a long shot, but I just read, it's because I just read it. It's the Heroes in Crisis comic where they, they have a hero sanctuary that's therapy for everybody. And Ivy sneaks hardly in so she can deal with the Joker. And then a bunch of people die and it becomes a big whodunit with Harley in the middle. And I'm just like, I need this. <laughs> I want to see this character deal with therapy. I want to see her maybe be framed for something she didn't do while she's trying to prove that she can be a hero. It puts the heroes in a weird place of we had this secret therapy place and all these people died there and <laughs> all of the, because we haven't really dealt with like Batman being an asshole. <laughs> Because there's always that fun stuff of like, oh, well, the Justice League doesn't really trust him because like that dude always has kryptonite and a way to yeah. beat us. And he's but always he's, telling us he doesn't. All of our, our weaknesses at hand for whenever, for reasons. <laughs> I still want to see, there's a more villains I want to see. I want to get Booster Gold in there. I want to get Mad Hatter in there. I want, I'm like, they've now shown me a version of the DC universe that I love. And I'm like, well, now I want to see everything. We didn't do yeah. enough with Aquaman. Do more with Aquaman. <laughs> We haven't seen Shazam. Get Shazam in there. Yeah. Bring back the Robins. Neither of the Green Lanterns just have been there as cameos. They really haven't been around. 
and we haven't even talked about Batgirl. I need more oh. Batgirl. I love that she got like a basically a two to three episode arc in the middle of the show. They're like, this show does a great job of giving all the female characters a moment to shine because DC has always been, for the most part, has been very male heavy. And this series from top to bottom, even though it's still a Harley show, has taken times to be like, all right, cool, Harley is still here, but let's give Barbara a moment. Let's give Selena a moment. Like, let's give these other females that we aren't always actively paying attention to. Let's give these guys a moment because they are just as important as the rest of the, the guys. Yeah, and there's just, there's nothing else like this, right? And when I finished watching it, I very much was like, well, I need something. I guess the closest thing would be this animated Deadpool we never got or these other like animated Marvel stories. But I am now just like, start fucking around with the continuity more let's get weird with everything let's we don't need to keep doing it the same way we've been doing it we've now shown that we can do these different points of view and we can get all these different voices in and i i just need season three i want to see more bane like we need more bane bane i'm so glad because i mean the start of the second season had Harley wiping out a lot of villains, and I was like, "Please don't take out Bane. Please don't take." Out Bane. No, we need Bane. <laughs> yes, I've never seen a show, and Game of Thrones doesn't count because I didn't care about those characters. I've never seen a show just slaughter people <laughs> I care about so <laughs> haphazardly. <laughs> like the Penguin's dead, the Joker's yeah. gone. Yeah, I, there was a part of me that's like, "They're gonna kill Batman. They're gonna kill him. <laughs> They're gonna shoot him in the head." Yeah, no, it was and, rapidly going through some of those villains at the top of the second season. I was like, oh, crap. One, where is this going? Like, we're getting rid of these characters so quickly. How do we stop this to continue this season on? And they're like, all right, we're going to get the relationship stuff. But two, you're like, uh, wait a minute, guys. I care about some of those guys. <laughs> well, it just shows you how deep the bench is. But it's like we've wiped the floor with everybody, but we haven't done anything with the ventriloquist or man yeah. bats. And I'm Mad like, yes, Hatter, let's do like, this. You have some other ones still there. Let's have more of this weird Tim Burton cameo that came out of nowhere that Clayface wanted to perform for. Let, yes. And Get how cool is that his, his song being like the montage of them driving off? I was like, oh, this, that is, beautiful. this is gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, huh. it's so funny watching a show where I'm like, everyone's so supportive. <laughs> In most shows, people are assholes to each other. It's so weird watching a show where I'm like, what a bunch of healthy, supportive people. And they're doing crime, but it's fine. You know, if you think caring about the environment is crime, then I guess I'm doing crime. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a really good tweet about that, about Ivy. It's like, she's just killing billionaires who are messing up the environment. Go girl, you're not a villain. Yeah. We love you. Well, that was my favorite like point of view that she had was everything with her character was like, yeah, no, I'm just helping plants. I'm not like, I'm not like the Legion of Doom. And it's so funny because that's another obvious thing from the movies and everything else in the show. And you're like, oh yeah, she's like not that bad. We just right. spent a long time making her also be like, well, she's a seductress. And she's going to make you fall in love with her. But really, she's just an environmentalist. Yeah. I learned something. I didn't, like, when she says that um, it's a myth to wash out your recyclables, I didn't know that. I know. And now when so, I would wash out my yogurt cups, I'm like, damn it, I'm wasting water. There's a hilarious joke. My wife was not watching this with me. I was watching it, but she could hear the volume and she was in the, the, this room while I was in there watching it. And like that happened. She's all, she's been the one who adamantly has told me to always wash out my cans and all the time. I was like, ha ha, you are wrong. 
this cartoon says it's five. <laughs> My and friend it, Jake was like, is that true? And I was like, uh, Poison Ivy said it. It has to be true. <laughs> Cartoons never lie. We learned that when Nancy Reagan made them all cross over to start the war on drugs and Michelangelo told us that pop was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> picked the most stone turtle to be like, part thanks, of that Mikey. crossover. You're high now telling me this, but that's fine. <laughs> Look, I get it. I've also done things to be like, no, don't drink the way I do. It's, it's, you'll be fine, but you won't be great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I loved it. Does anybody have anything else they want to add or we can start wrapping up? Uh, Nothing other than like, look, if you haven't seen this, as I know it was on a smaller streaming service before, and if you have HBO Max, you owe it to yourself to go ahead and crank. I say, look, just watch the first three episodes. If it's not for you, you'll know at that point in time, but watch the first three episodes. You'll, you're, you're not going to stop after that point. I knew within the first five minutes. One hundred. I'm with you. I'm in that yeah. same boat. Like that, as soon as the boat but, but you're happened, right. I was like, but, I'm done. Let's, uh, I'm in. Yeah, I think that uh, if you'll know early on if it's your brand. Yeah. yeah, I think you're 100% right, because it is, I had somebody call me today who just watched it, and they're like, well, man, we could never show this to children. I was like, well, why would you show it to children? It is an R-rated, R- you know what, I don't it care. It doesn't equate children. <laughs> Look, I worked at a GameStop, I get it, I sold Grand Theft Auto to a lot of small kids, but I always warned them they shouldn't. I you should understand not be doing this. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing, but come on. Are we still in an animation world where we think it's for kids because it's a cartoon? We've been doing this for a while now. But it's great. Everyone should go watch it. I think if you're a fan of this character and some of the best versions of this character. Uh, And that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Give us one of those five stars. The other ones don't work. it's, It's a new problem that iTunes has. Four and under, they don't do anything. So you got to do the five. Uh, you can follow the show at Hollywood ADI. We're on Instagram at Hollywood Already Did It and on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Hollywood Already Did It podcast. I'm at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Jamie is at Jamie Cinematics. Yes. Great. That was the other thing I meant to ask before we started, but I <laughs> remembered it. and we got it right. Nailed it. Uh, Terrence and I do another show called One More Drink where we talk about whatever we want. I do another show called How Do You Figure about podcast collect or podcast collecting. It's a podcast about action figure collecting. Uh, Jamie, where can the fine people find your great work and all the things you do? Oh boy. Well, uh, you can just comicbook.com. I got lots of stuff there. I also, I make a lot of BuzzFeed quizzes too for BuzzFeed. So if you want to take some, uh, like which succession character you quizzes, you can do that. But it's all just go to my Twitter. It's, I'm all about the Twitter. Those quizzes have really defined me as a person now. I know what <laughs> no, kind I was of like, I've learned a lot about myself. <laughs> I understand who I should vote for based on different fruits that I would have selected. <laughs> it all tracks. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will hopefully see you next week. Stay safe and all that jazz.